Yeah yo, yeah yo, Moolala, yeah yo. Bitch, but I have my money. Kind of. Y'all should know me well enough. Surprise. I knew we weren't gonna get S and M. Um, of all of Rihanna's hits, I'm a little surprised. Not that she did this song for the halftime show last night, uh, where she announced her pregnancy. I was surprised that "Bitch Better Have My Money" started the performance. I think she got 12 songs in. Um, we'll come back to that in just a second. Uh, Corey Wallen will be by, so we can get deep with what the same cafe is. We've talked about it a couple of times here on the show. Talked about it a bunch on the radio. Same cafe at the main branch of the library so all may eat. Have I had two meals there? I think I've been there twice, ate once. We'll dive into that with Corey who I was finally able to get um, to be by. He'll be by shortly now as we're recording here a little bit before two o'clock. Some things for last night, and um, after that, uh, a job suggestion, uh, an unconventional one, but one I think he'd be phenomenal at. So I know better as a male, as a man, to ever ask the question or intimate or allude to, especially like out loud, like you can do it in your head, but leave it there. Are you pregnant? Is she pregnant? Um, but like within what two minutes of that thirteen minute performance last night, Rihanna was very high up in the air. Um, not it was moving, but not a lot of slinking and dancing and all of that stuff. It was pretty static and stationary. Um, then that that didn't look like a, a costume like i thought for a second okay maybe she's got something on underneath this red outfit and she's going to rip it off and like the roof will get blown off no no it, it's because she she was pregnant and i didn't want to be the first person on twitter to put it out there because i didn't want to get ratioed into doom but uh i was like third person um and it was nice to see that within a, an hour or so, not long after the halftime performance, we found out that she is indeed pregnant. Now, this is where I'm going to fumble myself as a dude. It was pretty easy to see. So she was, what, four, five months along? So we go back January, January, December, November, October, September. So she had her first child. Congrats to ASAP Rocky, by the way. Um, Her guy. Uh, they had that kid like May 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 tenth, May twelfth. So just a couple months later, she was pregnant again. Um, until I was able to process that she was pregnant. Like there was one grade to give to the halftime show, um, as it was, and then you've got to we've got to regrade it after we find out that that she's pregnant. Even though all along I was like, yeah, she, she's not moving a lot. She's probably pregnant. Um, I was like, this is fine. Like. I, I don't know if she sang or not. I Quite frankly, I don't care. Um, I heard songs I really, really like. Um, when Where Have You Been hit, I felt chills because that was like the dance era of Rihanna. Like, like to me, like you could say, well, Disturbia and Don't Stop the Music or dance songs. They absolutely are. But like true EDM, electronic dance music songs. We found love, the collab with Calvin Harris, which was what? Late 20, 2011? Somewhere around there. I remember playing that just as I was about to move from Allentown back to Detroit. And then she leveled up the EDM sounds, that was it was pretty pretty pop, very, very palatable for anybody, but went deeper into electronic music with Where Have You Been? So it was great to hear that last night. I was wondering when she was going to get to Umbrella, and she did, but I heard a lot of songs that I liked. Um, I'm surprised, I'm not, not surprised, I was a little disappointed that there weren't more of the Drake songs she collabed with him on, like What's My Name, Too Good, Take care. I think some of those are his, but they're they're Rihanna Drake duets. She she did do work, which which Drake was on. She didn't do needed me, did she? I think she got twelve songs in 
in 13 minutes. And even before we knew for sure that she was pregnant, I was like, this is good. This is good. I, I, I don't need to see 50 Cent hanging upside down or all the other bells and whistles and pomp and circumstance. Just give me songs that I like and make sure they sound good. And that that was that was fine. And now if you throw into that, oh, we she was definitely pregnant. Like, oh, this this was a, a very good performance. Not that I compare because so many people easily put Beyonce atop everything. So I like to, you know, slow those horses and go, hold on a second. I mean, Beyonce is wonderfully gifted and talented. I think she's a little overrated. Um, but I prefer, as you've heard me say here before, I prefer Rihanna and Rihanna's music. So that's uh, that's one halftime show. They're tied one halftime show each. Beyonce did the one in 2013, right, where the lights went out in the Superdome for Ravens 49ers, the Harbaugh Bowl. They have each done one Super Bowl halftime show. Rihanna did one while she was pregnant, though. So, top that, Beyonce. Um, other things from last night. Everything would... Uh, I think, if my tally is right, Ben Affleck had the most commercial time. And I am including the, the two trailers. Uh, one for the Phil Knight movie, which I did not... It looks like Viola Davis is playing Michael Jordan's mom. That I know a bit about that story and Nike pursuing him um, and, and the influence of his parents on his life, why he was so devastated when his dad was murdered. Um, I'm okay with Ben Affleck and, and, and Matt Damon. Um, I will probably get to that. So that was one. He was in the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Um, here are some of the outtakes from that. Welcome to Medford, Massachusetts, Duncan. Scenic Medford. Why travel when you're already there? That's our slogan. You can have a, whatever you want for free. Oh, I know you. Ben Affleck, brother. Get out of here. I'm struggling. I'm a spill. Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't make it function. Malfunction. Not as easy as it looks operating this apparatus, I bet. Medium hot black. Uh, we're out of uh, coffee. Oh, you're out of coffee? Yeah, we get no coffee and no donuts. What do you got? Ah, uh, water. <laughs> I'm trying to compensate with comedy for my ineptitude. Um, so I think it was three commercials for Ben Affleck last night. I, I have, I know some people are, it's like nails on a chalkboard for some people when they hear a, typically it's a New York accent. They'll just, Sometimes people will generalize and say, that that's an East Coast accent and it sounds awful and I can't understand them. Um, I can differentiate the East Coast accents from mine, the the Philly one, which comes out as you have probably heard when I can when I get excited or excitable. It's like um, I had when I moved to Detroit. I rewired my brain so I wouldn't say water um, and some other things. I never said use like yo use want to go down the shore this weekend. But yeah, my voice has definitely changed since doing radio because it's become more homogenous. But when I get excited, I the, the rewiring I did comes a little loose. It's a little faulty. And um, you can hear some of my Philly accent. I'm okay with New York accent. Maybe because I had a lot of, I have a lot of New York friends. Um, I've watched a lot of Lone Wolf, all that stuff. Seinfeld. But to me, the Boston accent is nails on a chalkboard or chalkboard I think uh, I think it was Megan on the old show who used to go park the car Harvard yacht there, there are no R's in a Boston accent um at, I, I haven't read through all the articles of rating commercials I didn't feel the need to because the general sense I got was people are coming around to my thinking recently on the Super Bowl commercials. Um, they're still very good, but they're not the way they used to be because around the year, we have very clever and creative marketing and commercial campaigns. Sometimes for the wrong reasons or like not that long ago, like, like, like the M&Ms and whatever blew up Tucker Carlson's ass. Um, we have creative marketing campaigns and commercials year round. So I think that takes away from some of the fantastic and very expensive commercials we see during the Super Bowl. We get that buzz, that excitement year round, so there's less of a peak, um, less of a euphoria during last night. Also, I didn't see, maybe I missed it, maybe I began to zone out. I don't recall seeing any cute animal commercials 
Those are usually the winners in the what, the USA Today ad meter. I don't remember seeing any cute animal commercials. Uh, some others that jumped out to me. Uh, the trailers. So uh, let's talk about Ezra Miller for a second. This person, uh, Ezra Miller goes by they. I still remember sitting here with Floyd four years ago in awe. I'm like, that's Ezra Miller. I think it was over in, in Europe somewhere, Scandinavia, one of the cold countries. Him getting into a fight in some kind of convenience store, a department store, with a woman and seemingly looked like he whooped her ass. And it just went away. And I was always like, what happened with that? Was it fake? W- what happened? Then we find out, like, in the last 18 months, something about, like, what, imprisoning a, a, a mom and a kid, grooming them, like, really scary stuff, like, movie plot stuff. But all along, um, DC, Warner Brothers, was going to go on with this Flash movie, which was pushed around for so long. Like, I, I think if I look Back, this Flash movie was supposed to come out maybe three, four, five years ago, and it just kept getting kicked down the road. Not because of Ezra Miller, but because that studio can't get its act together. And it's stunning to me that with all that Ezra Miller has caused and the the scandal, that this movie apparently is quite spectacular. James Gunn, who oversees these movies now, um, tweeted out last night, can't wait for you to see this. And this is not one of his projects. Um, but yeah, there, there's been buzz now. I think going back to last fall, people quiet, quietly have said when they've screened this movie, it's really good. And that, that had nothing to do with the the appearance, the reappearance of Michael Keaton. I'm Batman. And Ben Affleck coming back. There was a juicy rumor late last week that um, Christian Bale might be in it. I could believe it. I could buy that. Maybe he caught, recaught the superhero bug after Thor, Love, and Thunder. I thought he left something on the table there and wanted to suit up his Batman again, and they wrote him a big check. He just did turn 50 after all. Um, but yeah, that movie is supposed to be absolutely fantastic when it comes out. Um, and it's just stunning to me that all that Ezra Miller has been through, they're going to survive this. And maybe even find new life and find themselves part of that movie and that franchise in its entirety. A big part of it moving forward. We'll find out like if this movie is as good as as is being touted um, and he's got they have their life together. Maybe he's part of this whole thing moving forward. While many of the other um, Henry Cavill and the others are no longer part of that. Um, but, 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 but he survived. Oh, the other commercial that, and, and the commercial itself was was pretty clever. I saw somebody say they're kind of tired of Will Ferrell. Eh, I, I get it, and, and quite honestly, like I Will Ferrelled myself out sometime, like before the second Anchorman. Like I was over it. Maybe I just got older and evolved away from the blue humor and you know sex jokes and frat jokes. Um. The electric vehicle commercial he did was for Chevy or somebody, and I think it was it was a partnership with Netflix. So there were zombies chasing him. I think there was a, a Stranger Things um, scene. I like that part in the commercial. If you caught it, so it was a Netflix partnership. So uh, it talks about like Netflix including more electric vehicles in their shows to to promote what they are. And then there's uh they do a Bridgerton scene with an electric vehicle in there, which is absolutely preposterous because there are no cars, so far as I know, in Bridgerton. Uh, two more quick things here. That, that's it. The, the commercials were fine. Like, none none were that bad. Um, I'm sure a lot of people booed when they saw Jack Harlow because I know he is very divisive. But nothing else really jumps out at me right now. At this point, when it comes to Super Bowl commercials, I'm in it for the trailers. Saw the Transformers one. I have to like Pete Davidson because he has a key uh, voice role in that movie. I'm excited for the Flash movie. Uh, it's the last Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's go. Um, aliens. There's a lot of things being shot down uh, over our airspace in Canada recently. Now, part of me goes, okay, uh, there are people that are upset that we waited so long to shoot down that first one went like across half the country. So now we're just shooting everything down to, to make up for it. 
The other part of me is like, this is the this is the end of Earth. Um, these are extraterrestrials trying to make contact, or we now have the ability to to track them a little closer. And uh, and when two foreign societies come together and can't communicate, this is usually what happens: um, fighting, war, and death. If you don't believe me, look back to Christopher Columbus. Um, I know we don't we haven't found some of the wreckage of these things. We've had alien things trickling out over the last couple of years. Uh, more more government people saying it it's it's certainly possible what what we've seen that we can share with you is it it is completely unexplainable and i've said i i i can happily die if we've made first contact which is where we make first contact with aliens and uh i realize it could be devastating and deadly uh but at least i'll be able to say i was here for it so the things being shot down utterly fascinate me for the UFO nerd in me. Um, another big piece of news in the family that didn't make make it my way. Uh, it, it did finally through uh, like a, a tertiary conversation. So my brother's going to be without a job in April. Um, three years ago, somewhere around there, he left working at a big car dealer. Now, Paul has loved cars since he was still in diapers. I think he's only missed one Philadelphia auto show his entire life because he was sick. He's 35 now. Yeah, 35. He loves cars. He uh, worked at this one dealership, like a, a big one, like a like a Yark or something like that, Jim White. Um, he worked there for like 17 years. And then it just got too corporate for him. And he wanted to move on. He started went, went to go work for this guy. It was just like a small family dealership. Apparently that guy is now closing the dealership because of some, some personal issues and Paul won't have a job. Um, he might just stay home with my niece, Noel, and be a stay-at-home dad and he might just do his eBay stuff. He buys and sells cars and uh, maybe that'll be enough. I, I, they only had one income to begin with because Tracy wasn't working, but she is going back to teaching soon. I think people hate buying cars. I don't know anybody who likes the car buying process. I would say at best, people tolerate it. I like it. I, I like 75% of it. There are points where I'm like, let's just sign the goddamn paperwork already. But I like it because my brother arms me with, arms me with knowledge so that I won't sign into a bad deal. Um, my brother is a savant with these things. He probably knows more car stuff than I know Transformers and Batman things combined. So, there are people like this, and Paul could do this without having to, you know, take a real job. Probably pretty simple to set up. He's already done it for me and family members and friends. I want Paul to be a car buying concierge. What does that mean? Um, You pay Paul to buy a car for you. Why would I want to do that? Because Paul will save you money. And that money you save, you can send some of it or a chunk of it or all of it his way, knowing that you didn't get ripped off. And you didn't get ripped off. You got a good deal. You got a car you like. And you didn't have to go through the, the worst part of all of all of it. You didn't have to go through that tedious car buying process. Nothing. There is nothing I hate more when... I don't like to negotiate. I just like to put the cards on the table, which makes car buying a challenge at times because you're working with a salesperson and they're like, let me let me go talk to my sales manager. Oh, I hate that part. I'm like, why can't I just talk to the sales manager? And yeah. But Paul will take care of all of that or could take care of all of that for you. I think he could make bags of cash and he would love the hell out of it. And people will be so thankful. I am thankful to have Corey Wallen drop by so we can finally get more details or I can get you more details about the same cafe so all may eat. I would like to welcome Corey Wallen. I said the last name right, right? Yes, you did. Corey Wallen. Good to have you here. Good to have you here in Toledo doing some uh, fantastic things, which we'll dive into. Uh, Executive director of the same cafe? Yep, that's correct. Awesome. There are people listening right now who have no idea what that is, and I I think we are going to blow some minds. Let's do it. Um, I kept a pulse on this all along. Um, Let's start at the, the very bottom. 
and we won't go to to out west just first, but what what's yeah. your elevator pitch or your library pitch for the same cafe? Yeah, so same cafe is a four impact organization uh, that recognizes the inherent value of individuals outside of something that's a monetary means. Um, so what we do is we serve delicious, healthy food with dignity, um, regardless of someone's ability to pay. And we have a uh, farm to table kind of mentality where all of our food is locally sourced and uh, we serve the community delicious, healthy meals. And it's in the main branch of the library. It is. It is. How old is Same at this point? When did when did doors open, so to speak? Yeah. So in Toledo, we officially opened November 4th. Um, but Same Cafe as a whole organization opened up on October 20th, 2006. So it's about 17 years old. Yeah. Let's go back to the origin story. Yeah. Uh, way, way back in Denver. What, what do you know of that way back then? Yeah. So the organization was founded 16 years ago by Brad and Libby Berkey. And they came up with the idea after spending an innumerable number of hours volunteering for various soup kitchens and food pantries. And they said, you know, what? we have to do something different here because every time we go to one of these organizations, there's a lack of healthy food and a perceived lack of dignity as well. Now, a lot of that has changed over the many years. And so to the point of like perceived dignity, if you're someone experiencing challenges, um, you tend to self-select out of going into these different organizations because there's typically nothing about it that makes you feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. So when you're at your rope's end, um, you're not going to make your way into uh, a, a soup kitchen or a food pantry because um, it has so much of a self-perception issue to it. Yeah, a lot of stigma, uh, personal pride. Yeah. Um, yeah. People can be going completely hungry because of those reasons. And I guess the, the analog here would be a place like Cherry Street Mission. Sure, sure. Um, so they opened yeah. this up way back in 2006. Yeah, way back in 2006. And they uh, ran it themselves for about 14 years um, before reaching out to their board of directors and says, you know, if we're going to grow this organization, we need to step back and allow other individuals to operate this organization. And so ever since that point, um, our CEO, Brad Rubendale, um, has been looking to expand the organization through various library systems across the United States. And so it just so happened that not only is there a grassroots movement going on here in Toledo, uh, especially surrounding uh, hunger relief, um, agricultural programming as well, but there was the opportunity to open up in the main library downtown, which is one of the best libraries in the entire country. It, so it we're really so is. fortunate to be there. Um, did I read cor yeah. correctly? Brad Rubendale, you mentioned he yes. was living on the streets at some point, correct? Yes. Yeah. He was he was not only, um, you know, experiencing homelessness at one point in his life, uh, but what he really enjoyed about Same Cafe when he would dine there um, is the anonymity and not having to share your story. But also the, the inconspicuousness of being able to just put a monetary donation into the donation box without any questions having to be asked. So when you go to a same cafe and you look around the dining room, you know, you have such a diverse range of guests everywhere from, you know, someone wearing a business suit to someone carrying all their belongings on them. Um, so it's just a beautiful environment of a full community coalescence where everyone feels like they can belong regardless of their background. You uh, you got here in the beginning of 2020. Uh, That's just right. As, as, as the, the pandemic dawned, uh, born in Rochester, then Buffalo, then you moved out here. Yes. When, when and how um, did you get familiar with same? Was it as you had arrived here? Because, I mean, there's only one of these in the entire country, so I could see why many would know about it. Yeah, so um, great question. I moved like you said, from Buffalo, New York to Toledo, Ohio in January 2020, which was two months before a global pandemic. And I remember sitting in the office with all of my colleagues just, you know, watching, uh, uh, you know, a presidential address um, and we were just requested to go home. And I didn't know that for the next uh, couple of years, it would be such a, a struggle in so many ways. Anyways, I, um, you know, had to become really creative about how I created my community. Um, moving to a new city with no friends or family. You're not doing your typical uh, socializing or any of the events uh, that way that bring people together. So I started to um, reach out to other local organizations and see what I could do to volunteer. And so there was just these murmurings about, you know, Same Cafe, it's a nonprofit restaurant coming from Denver. Um, so on top of that, what really aligned 
with the organization and myself was not only the volunteerism, um, but the sense of contribution and purpose that surrounds it. And so, as I mentioned, we get all of our food from locally sourced farms and urban agriculturalists and greenhouses. Um, shout out to Shared Legacy Farms who are out in Elmore and they're one of our, our food partners. But um, yeah, I joined their CSA there. And so I start to just CSA uh, community supported agriculture. I, uh, I think I see these people down at the farmer's market. Uh, people come pick up their, their communities, their CSA baskets every week. Right. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, um, you know, they're, they're wonderful people. They're my family uh, in <laughs> quotations. <good. laughs> Thank you. And, um, so yeah, so I ended up getting connected to same cafe through another community member, um, who, was actually one of the the original uh, people that flew out to Denver. Um, he was there on unofficial business. Is goes by the name of Steve North, and he noticed the participation board that was hanging over the service line, and everything about it was here's an issue of addressing food insecurity that um, has a systemic solution built right into a restaurant. And so when you create this participation-based model, you really emphasize the inherent value in each individual, um, regardless of, of how they stack up with monetary means. And so to be able to have possession over a space without ownership is just beautiful seeing every single day. And um, the original same in Denver was in a library as well, right? No, no. It was a brick and mortar. Got it. Yeah. Brick and mortar on East Colfax. Um, and yeah, uh, over the course of the, the 16 years and still to this day, they're, they're still open and operating. But as it goes forward, it's usually going to, the future sames will wind up in libraries, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I want to invert how you talked about there's equity across the board there um, in a place where it doesn't matter if you have no money or millions of dollars. The books and the content are free for everybody in a yeah. library. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I like to think about sometimes what the roles and responsibilities are for libraries in the 21st century. And while I'm not a director of one or, or even affiliated with it, um, it's just beautiful, again, to see it becoming a civic center, a yeah. gathering space. You have so many access to resources and job development training. Um, so with an underutilized space, typically in a library that's used for a restaurant, um, we were able to go in there and do construction renovation to inoculate like our model um, in order to get, you know, people fed. I'm sure I would guess the question you've been asked most as you're the you're the Ronald McDonald, you're the <laughs> one that everybody sees for same. Um how in the world, and I've wondered this because I followed this all along, one of the things that struck me about it when the rumors were out there that we were being looked at to, to, uh, to be a same place was, I remember sometime maybe it was the mid to late aughts, yeah. there were some places that were trying pay what you like, like pay what you'd like restaurants. Yep. And they never really came to much fruition beyond that for a variety of reasons. And, and this kind of struck a same chord with me. Um, why in the world did... did Denver and same picked Toledo over many other places. I think there were a lot of requests for same to visit here and there, but why us? Yeah. Well, first of all, it was the the openness and and welcoming nature of the the Toledo community. Um, Denver developed a pillar of readiness, um, which is essentially a little curriculum, or not a curriculum, a uh, criteria rather. Um, of the various aspects of a community that would be able to nurture a same cafe. Do you, can you, do you know what some of those are? Yeah, yeah. So it's the, the agricultural movement. Um, it is the location, which we had a main library space available to us. Um, it's the donorship and the volunteers and also uh, the restaurant experience. So because Toledo encapsulated all of these five pillars of readiness, we were able to move forward uh, with actually replicating same cafe. and. How I'm sorry, help, help yeah. me out with the timeline here, because I know it was one part of COVID. I don't know if it was fall of 2020 or fall of 2021. <laughs> Maybe uh, serendipity played in here as well, because the main library was being renovated as well. Yeah, the main library, from what I understand, was being renovated in 2019. Sound, sounds, I knew it was close. Yeah, yeah. Um, our timeline started... Uh, well, the courtship began about four years ago. Um, of course, like many other projects, the pandemic really threw a wrench in the wheel. Um, but we had conducted uh, renovations and 
construction uh, about eight months or so ago. So it's been almost a full year between renovations, construction, um, which I want to talk a little bit sure. about that as well. Um, and then we opened about four months ago. So it was a bit after the renovations and the main li- the, the the enhancements of the main library where you guys popped in. Yeah, yeah, a couple, okay. couple years after that. There was a, a previous uh, tenant in there that didn't renew their lease. Got it. So it was a perfect opportunity. And again, being in a main library, you're downtown, you're typically in a beautiful location. There's an underutilized cafe space in a lot of main libraries where if you are to get you know a sandwich, a salad, or a soup, oftentimes there's a population of individuals that can't afford that. And so by having a, a fair exchange model like we do where you can donate time, money, or produce, um, it just really encapsulates everyone's ability to dine at same. Uh, before we dive into the uh, the tasty parts of this yeah, conversation, yeah. talk you want to talk about the construction of it. Yeah, so we were really intentional about how the space was designed, um, and it's called like a trauma-informed design. Uh, which really recognizes that there's certain features in a space that might um, uh, give rise to people's traumas and triggers. And so an example of this, and maybe some of your listeners have been to a restaurant with an exposed brick wall. And so to go into a restaurant like that, where you're just ordering off of a menu, that's a beautiful aesthetic, you like the design. But if you're ever someone who's slept next to an exposed brick wall, you might have a different... um, Uh, perception of how the space makes you feel. So by incorporating um, certain design features, including softwoods and um, upward lighting and uh, plants, but then also uh, there's the music component to it as well. So we really try to encapsulate this calming uh, environment where everyone feels like a guest that's represented at a restaurant that they would dine at. Let's talk about some of the, the really delicious food. I, I have a lot of questions. This might take up the rest of the time we have. Yeah, let's do it. Tell me about a, let's go back to, 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 to today. It's, it's 1130 to two every day. Uh, 11 to 230. 11 to 230 every day, Monday through Friday, correct? Correct. So yep, what was just on, lunch. What was on today's menu? Oh gosh, I knew you were going to ask me that. So, <laughs> so I didn't go into the office today. Okay. I was working from home. The last day you remember, what was on the menu yeah well um i'm gonna i'm gonna kick that question backwards totally fine so our menu is made up every single day always two soups two salads and two pizzas depending on what's in season and what's in stock it's a little bit difficult to get some fresh produce you know during the end of a grow season but we've really leaned heavily on on a lot of our grow partners um including local farms and urban agriculturalists and greenhouses Um, So a lot of what you'd find on our menu typically these days is butternut squash and sweet potatoes. We have a lot of kale. There's various um, schools that are doing some uh, really, really cool indoor grow project and they donate their healthy greens as well. Um, So for all your listeners who are backyard gardeners and they're looking for a place to perhaps drop off a, a little bit of their abundance over the summertime, Same Cafe is a really great place to do that. Knowing that where when you donate the food, it's same cafe. It's going to show up on the menu the very next day and feed and nourish the community as a whole. Here's what you missed today on the menu. <laughs> You're on our Instagram, aren't you? Uh, I just pulled up. I, I pulled up the uh, library website. Pepperoni, carrot, and pea shoot pizza. That's vegan. Red onion and purple carrot pizza. Kale and cabbage salad. Kale and butternut squash salad. The soups are spaghetti squash and cabbage and apple bisque. Yeah. Um, one of the things when I first got to have a lunch there, maybe it was in December or so, I knew that the menu would be ornate. Um, mm. I knew that wouldn't be necessarily that that simple. And one of the things that I brought back here to, to talk about when I went on the, on the radio show and whatnot was if somebody did hear about this, hey, there's free lunch, come on in, you can volunteer your time, blah, blah, blah. It's not just like a grilled cheese or yeah. a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You're getting a really, really good ornate, delicious, sometimes even elegant meal. Yeah. No, we, I mean, one of the... One of the various values of Same Cafe is the delicious, healthy food, but you also get the ability to make a choice. So as opposed to just being a recipient of charity where you're giving uh, a styrofoam box and whatever's in it, you're expected to be thankful for it. When you come into Same Cafe, you get the opportunity to make that choice, not only in how you'd like to participate, but what you would like to eat. And I have various guests that um, have diabetes or hypertension. um, So to be able to have a healthy meal during the day is really a life changer. 
pleasure yeah. for a lot of people. And it's probably way back on the priority list, but uh, we're getting more aware of the importance of financial liter- literacy, especially mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. population that you endeavor to serve. But I would say, and maybe this phrase comes up with you guys, I would say nutritional literacy is also a good effect as well. Rather than a grilled cheese or just a burger, you're getting something that you know is some pretty healthy food. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of sustenance. There's a lot of minerals. There's a lot of vitamins. Um, A lot of it is organic as well. So to have the type of meal that our guests are being able to consume really feels good as an employee of Same Cafe because you're providing this level of nourishment. It's actually really difficult to get at a lot of, you know, for-profit restaurants, for example. So uh, the fact that the menu changes every single day, um, you can always find something that you'll enjoy on our menu. And our cafe team comes in every morning. We make our fresh pizza dough from scratch. We make our fresh cookies from scratch. Um, and then we're just very creative and nonconformist about how we utilize, you know, everything from the top to the tail of a pe- of a of a piece of produce or vegetable. And what what, what was the uh what was the reason behind pizza? Like everybody loves pizza. Everyone right? loves pizza. It just works out yeah, well with the yeah, ingredients. Yeah, yeah. We do. We do limit the number of slices uh, of the pizza just to two because. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I meant like pizzas on the menu every day. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, if 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 we didn't limit the number of slices of pizza, then someone would just fill up on that neat, because neat, it's yes. a very accessible uh, menu item for a lot of restaurants. Um, but we do limit that just to two slices because sure. we want we want to make sure that everyone gets the opportunity to have the pizza, uh, but you can have as much soup and salad as you'd like as well. Lunch should be light anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. Um, tell me about your your staff that works behind or in the kitchen behind the register. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're currently a staff of five, including myself. Um, again, we opened November 4th and we're still systematizing, you know, a lot of operations. There's, uh, the difficulty of, of not having one full cycle, uh, of a year to see really what, what the patterns and the trends are. But I'm happy to say that over the course of four months, we've served, uh, over 4,000 meals, uh, which is really fantastic. Averaging about 95 a day. Uh, the percentage of those who are actually volunteering a half hour time is about 20% which is fantastic news to me because our model is really reaching people in the community that need the mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go into same cafe and recognize the, 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 the belonging and, and the sense of inclusion. Um, there's so many people in the community that love the mission as well. So to just stop down and have lunch is exactly what we're looking for. Let's talk about the volunteerism nature of it. There's yeah. a couple of ways to, to pay. Can we talk about the technical aspects of it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, Individual, anyone who walks through the door at same has something of value to contribute. Um, because we don't use language like suggested donation, because typically that language translates to minimum payment. And so we were conscientious about how that would make someone feel to see suggested donation. So you get to choose how you want to participate. After you get your meal, you're able, we ask you, um, you know, how would you like to participate today? So we're not assumptive based on how someone looks or uh, what mood they're in, for example. But um, from the volunteer perspective, we're a fully operating restaurant. So there's a lot of meaningful tasks to do from the front door to the back door. Um, you know, when we get, I don't know, a hundred pounds of carrots through our door, trust me, there's always someone who's willing to wash the carrots, uh, prep the carrots, assist in making the menu for the next day as well. So it's a, it's a full level of, for lack of a better term, like cooperation from everyone who's contributing in the community that way. Um, what are some of the other tasks besides washing or slicing carrots? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, we always ask if someone's comfortable to actually work the front counter. Um, so there's practically like an assembly line of volunteers and staff that are working together to plate up food. Um, there's everything from uh, the service side of production um, to uh, the back of the house and glazing cookies, for example, or making cookie dough. Um, You can do everything in the front of the house to wipe down tables, sweep, mop, um, you know, fold linens in the back as well. So for for those of your listeners that have ever worked in a restaurant, um, there's just a lot that has to be accomplished in a, in, a, in a given day. You mean the people that when they were teenagers or whatever they might have been when they they heard the phrase, you got time to lean, you got time to clean, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we have we have a, a core volunteer. His name is Jerry. He's, um, I think he's 83 years old. And he comes in every Wednesday and, uh, 
you know, he does the the opening checklist and that includes mopping the, the front of the house. And I was talking to him one day and he goes, you know, my first job was actually mopping at my, you know, my dad's drugstore down in Washington, D.C. And so I just thought about that for a moment uh, and I, I find some humor in it because um, that was like 76 years ago was this man's first job of mopping in his in his in his dad's drugstore. Now he's mopping again. Yeah, so I think there's just like a a level of nostalgia that coincides with that. Um and there's other individuals that, you know, are are volunteering a half hour time and I'm like, "You know what, Cowboy John, you've, you know, you've done your half hour." And he's like, "Listen, I love volunteering here. I love volunteering in exchange for my meal. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing, but I'll be done when the job is done." Um, me, can you give me another couple stories of of that? Maybe, maybe even one. Has there been one story where someone might have been out on the streets, or they were there mm-hmm. every day, and you you saw this person? Like maybe the their life force wasn't there, but due to what you were able to provide, the entirety of of the same cafe, this person has been propelled into something else where they're maybe now enjoying a level of success in their life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, we really nurture the whole person. Um, so it's everything from, you know, the physical well-being, the mental well-being and the emotional well-being at same cafe. And I think the food is really this universal language of belonging where regardless of your background or the dialect of language that you speak, you can really come together as a community and dine with one another. And so there's, uh, one particular person, uh, his name is Chance. Uh, he's 19 years old and he's been coming to same cafe since day one. And so, you know, it's, I sometimes think about, well, what was your experience like before the restaurant opened? And, you know, he would just kind of keep to himself, but now there's that, that connection with others where I can look out into the dining room and it's clear that he's really making a lot of friends and just doing table touches and, you know, enjoying his sense of well-being, just being in the space, um, to the point of where now I find him to be an ambassador for same cafe at the library. And, um, I've seen him like invite individuals, uh, into our, space and actually like go through the fair exchange participation base model. And so, you know, it's easy for, well, you know, there's, there's, there's barriers of permeation as an executive director to just, you know, walk around the library and say, Oh, have you been to same cafe? But when you hear it first from someone who's a guest there every day, you get more of that, um, you know, uh, trust. It's just like the world that we live in now. Um, it's a, might feel a little icky if you're being pushed this marketing and advertising campaign. Yeah. But if your consumers love you and your clients love you and your patrons love you, they'll carry the message for you. It's much more organic and believable. Yeah, we, you know, I, I kind of discovered early on a, a small challenge of the distance between the atrium and the service counter. And if you don't find yourself typically represented as a guest in a restaurant, you're not going to make that walk only to be disappointed that you can't afford something. Um, so we actually put uh, our wooden coins um, which is redeemable for one free lunch at the various library reference desks. And so, again, just kind of like increasing positivity in the community. And so if someone is in need, then we can give them a, a meal coin only to find out that we don't have any menu prices. You get to choose how you want to participate. So enjoy your lunch today. And when you come back tomorrow, you know, you can volunteer a half hour of time. Would this will probably be the, the most challenging question I or anybody has asked you. Um, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I think it's important because you already talked about who we're trying to intermingle here. Would you like to see more of the, the business and professional community coming in to see what's happening here? Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't mean to sound so doubt, doubtful in that. No, no, no. It's 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 true, though. There There is a good um, 60, 40 percentage good. of you know, people that are experiencing challenges. But when I look out into the dining room, um, it's a full coalescence. You know, we have a lot of, for lack of a better term, you know, corporate neighbors that come in. And so when you dine at Same Cafe, you have something to feel good about because your contribution uh, is offsetting, you know, the meal for someone else's. Um, So it's really just having lunch with an impact, which I guess is something that you don't usually find. Um, but there's such a diverse range of, of, of people that work for different organizations that have 30 minutes or excuse me, they have like one hour for lunch and they'll donate a half hour of time. They'll have lunch in 30 minutes. And then, you know, everyone feels really good about, uh, dining. Good. I know yeah. that that's one of the, the, the tent poles of what same is and bringing people of different backgrounds together. And I'm glad that we're checking that box. Last yeah. couple of questions. Yeah. What's been the most popular menu item? 
was the toughest question. Yeah, I, like, I, yeah. <laughs> well, 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 the um, it it would have to be the pizza. You know, I, the menu changes every single day, so it's not like we can just look back and say, "Oh, repeat anything." Not so far. Look at that. Not so wow. far. Yeah, I mean, we just get creative every single day, and 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 I think it's really to some degree changing like the consumption culture of what someone might anticipate to find in a typical restaurant. But when you know it's fresh, it's delicious. Um, it comes from a locally sourced, uh, farm or, or urban agriculture. And so, you know, we've really been rooting out with various, uh, partner organizations as well. So um, I guess one of our most popular items that doesn't change would be our signature cookie. Um, so this is a recipe that uh, one of the founders, Libby, her grandmother had developed. And um, it's kind of like the Coca-Cola recipe where, you know, it has half the recipe in one locked safe and the half the right. recipe in the other. And you both have to turn your key at the same time. Um, but yeah, I mean, our, our mission is creating community through healthy food access. And so... Um, you know, the cookie, the cookie is, is, is symbolic of a few things. Number one, you know, it's just like that last bite of sweet dessert after your meal. Um, but because they're so good, oftentimes we're asked, you know, can I have another cookie? And we, um, have to respectfully decline anyone's offer because if you were, if you, Eric, were to, uh, give me $10 and say, I would like a second cookie, that wouldn't be fair to someone who didn't have $10 who can't get a second cookie. So, because we treat everyone exactly the same, um, we serve one cookie per person per day. Um, what is, and I, I I think you've already said it maybe several different times, but I'm going to put you on the spot for it. What's your favorite part of it? Yeah. What's your pr- favorite part of Same Cafe? It, it, it's, you know, it, it, it sounds cliche, but it, it's the development of the community that's happening. It's really incredible seeing tremendous acts of kindness every single day. Um, and so having been open for just about four months, there's some, there's some real connections happening with people in our space. Um, it's a place of, of inclusion and you, it's a warm, welcoming, uh, atmosphere. Um, you know, we're open from 11 to two 30 and there are plenty of guests that enjoy their cup of coffee from 11 to two 30. And it. yeah, I mean, we, we absolutely love it. And, and to, to really see people, um, not just through your eyes, but through the lens of, of their journeys and their stories. And, you know, despite perhaps, you know, a, a hardship that one might be going through, but we, we share, we share in that celebration of recognizing each individual's journey and their story. And so I really try to have my lunch break with someone who I've never met before and just, you know, find out a little bit. And Christy know? would love to tell those stories on video. Yeah. Um, uh, last few questions. Is there anything like, uh, like, like a, a perk that I didn't know about? It's free parking. Like yeah, other, yeah, right. Other barriers that somebody might think, well, I don't, I don't want to go downtown, blah, 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 but there's free parking. Anything, anything else like that that um, might get somebody over the challenge of mm-hmm. the small hassle of coming downtown? Other than the new menu every day, that's certainly a draw as well. Yeah, yeah, I think free books. Free, free yeah, there's 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 a lot of free going on here. Yeah. Um no, I think the 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 parking is definitely a benefit, you know. Free safe uh, parking. Yes, yeah, in the garage exactly. Um you know, if you can't, it's totally fine cuz that was a big deal to me. Yeah. Um and okay, I'll I'll go a step further. What? Plentiful free safe parking cuz I hate street parking. Yeah. I yeah. hate street parking. Um, last thing, personally speaking a little bit, uh, you can't say Metro Parks, you can't say the zoo. Oh. What's your favorite thing about being here in Toledo now? As in, from an outsider's perspective, which you are, but you're quickly becoming one of us. Yeah, well, um, hmm. there's, there's a lot of social events that there go are. on. Um, Before you know, the pandemic... There was quite a chorus. And of, I can't say the Metro Parks. No, I was just there on Saturday. No, Shout out no. to the Metro Parks. Um, <laughs> no, because there's too much going on there. Uh, but yeah. seriously, like before you got here, there was a, a, a cranky chorus of like, there's just never anything to do here. Yeah. And we we hit light speed real fast. And now there is literally, arguably, too much to do on any given weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah where, look at your social calendar. Right, it's just like, like you gotta oh, hope that one yeah. event is Saturday morning, so you can bounce to the other place Saturday afternoon. And there is a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tell everybody the, how much more snow you get in Buffalo or Rochester than here. 
uh, a, a, a lot more, a lot more. I was, I was going to go home for the holidays, uh, for Christmas and, uh, ended up not doing that because there was between five and seven feet. Yeah. That uh, was the second storm, right? Yeah. Yeah. This, the snowmageddon, I think is what they called it. Right. Um, but truth be told, it, it's, it's, it's the people here. People it's, are good. It's, it's the people in, T- in Toledo that are just really freaking cool. Did you ever, uh, would you ever make a trip where you probably had people from like New York City or the cities come yeah. your way or did you ever go their way? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm yeah. from Philadelphia. Um, so <laughs> I like where the, the way to say hi to somebody was giving them the middle finger or something, which is pretty common <laughs> up and down the coast. Yeah. Here that doesn't happen. People are nice. No, no. You kind of give a little a little slap on your knee when you're done with a conversation. You're like, well, and uh, <laughs> yeah, have, have the slow stand. Good to see you again. Yeah, exactly. Corey, thanks for the visit. Anything else that we got to cover about same? Yeah. Um, so I would say if you want to volunteer, go on our website, samecafetoledo.org forward slash volunteer. We also have an upcoming um, fundraising event. That's going to be at the Glass City Center on Thursday, April 27th. Tickets are available on Eventbrite. We're really looking forward to that. And what's uh, that all about? Yeah, so that's our that's our annual fundraising event. Uh, we're gonna have food that's representative of what you find at Same Cafe. We're gonna have some cool entertainment and a live auction. Uh, there's also a Mud Hens game going on that evening, so you can walk out onto the the patio there and view it with a with a cold beverage in hand. Um, but tickets are seventy five dollars. Uh, we also have a volunteer exchange and also a pay what you can, so everyone is able to be at the same table. Excellent. Yeah. You mentioned you mentioned beverage. I'm like maybe maybe one day I was gonna ask you about goals for same down the line. We'll we'll, we'll convince Jason to do same after dark. Ooh, I like the sound of that. <laughs> no, yeah. No, no. Well, they they have they have live at the library, which is you know every other month yep. uh, after hours. Same cafe is partnering with the library on that and providing the food. Uh, they had a beautiful pianist there. Um, I'm I remember her first name, Lily, um, which was absolutely beautiful. Um, but it was it was a, it was a good way to have some community outreach, reach new audiences, and uh, really do what we do. One of the times I was there, there was uh, there was a musical performance. Mm. I forget what it was called, but it was like a Wednesday thing. So one of these days, we're gonna have like kids that are like four and five now, and in twenty or thirty years, they're gonna be like. There are books at a library. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, that's how yeah. they started. Yeah, that's how yeah. they started. Yeah, you do yeah. your yoga classes, you get online, you see music, you eat. But one one day long ago, there oh. was books, <laughs> nothing but books. <laughs> we're gonna have, we're gonna have to sit down again and brainstorm some right. some programming because I definitely see some 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 future opportunity here. Let me tell yeah. you about the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> yeah. Corey, thanks so much for the visit. Eric, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me down here. And uh, to all your listeners, stop down to Same Cafe and have lunch with us.